science fans, it's Mrs. Corbett here, and I'm going to teach my husband some GCSE science. And I am the husband. How are you, husband? I am, um, yes, I'm good. I'm full of sugar. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Right, so we're doing some AQA Trilogy science, just to remind everyone that's what AQA we're doing. AQA Trilogy? Yep. We're doing Chemistry Paper 1, and we're on the last two lessons of Chemistry oh, Paper 1. So I'm going to have to do an exam tomorrow. Yep. Hooray, I love exams. Yay. They make me feel good. It's mock time. Hope you're doing well students is it mock time it's mock time oh that sounds stressful it's mock time for you too yeah i suppose it is yeah you're gonna mock me now is that the joke is that the joke mrs corbett i constantly aim to be mocking you do you not feel like <laughs> i've been fulfilling that fair point what are we doing today uh we are doing reaction profile diagrams reaction profile diagrams all right do you remember last diagrams t- sound <laughs> audio medium how's that gonna go it's, it's not well uh, <laughs> do, do you remember last lesson when we spoke about endo and exothermic reactions yep tell me about those um endothermic reactions uh bring in heat that's the wrong way of putting it Exothermic reactions release heat into energy, the surroundings. Into yeah. the surroundings. Endothermic reactions bring heat in from the surroundings. Yeah. So the only thing I would change from those words that uses um, heat energy, go thermal energy, okay. is released into the surroundings or removed from the surroundings. So in an endothermic reaction, my thermometer is it going to go up or down? In an endothermic reaction, where's your thermometer? In the middle of the reaction. In the middle of the reaction. The reactants. So it's in a cup. All right. So in an endothermic reaction, it's the thermometer's going to go up. Yeah. It's taking energy from the surroundings. You are yeah. the surroundings. When you're measuring it, you're measuring the surroundings. You're not measuring the bonds or anything like that. They're too small. Right. So if, if the endothermic reaction is taking thermal energy from the surrounding area yes you are then measuring it's, then it's going to get hotter no the thing the reacting thing is going to get hotter oh no it's taking that energy away to right. make something new so it's you know, locking uh, the energy in if you like yeah. you know, I'm, I'm imagining like one central point where the reaction's happening that's not what it is the reaction's happening no. all over the the surrounding area isn't it yeah yep, okay yeah i'm with you i'm with you yeah so an endothermic reaction more it's that energy is being used and transferred and converted into other things. So the overall temperature of the environment is going down, mm-hmm. but the energy that it's being locked into is going to go up, but we can't measure that. Yep. And it's generally because if we end a relationship, we break up, so we're breaking more bonds than we're making, and so that energy is going into separating those bonds. So in an endothermic reaction, the temperature goes down, mm-hmm. the surroundings are getting colder, but the actual energy of the reactants or the new products are actually going to be higher, but we measure that as a temperature change going down. Exothermic reaction, fire, heat, exit heat is being released into the surroundings because more bonds are being made and making bonds gives out energy okay so today we're doing about enthalpy sorry energy profile diagrams or reaction profile diagrams if you do a level or ib you will start calling these enthalpy 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 because enthalpy is a measurement of energy in a system sure is sure because chemistry so We know about chemical reactions that particles need to collide with sufficient energy for them to react together. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the minimum amount of energy called for a reaction to happen is? 
Nine degrees. No. That's the... It has a name. Oh. Oh, yes, I do. Um, optimum point. No. What did it begin with? A. No. Okay. Um, right. So this phrase I'm going to teach you. So particles have to collide to react, right? Mm-hmm. Particles have to collide with enough energy to react. So, for example, this piece of paper that I've got here, mm-hmm. audio medium, I've got a piece of paper here. This is being hit by particles in the air, by oxygen, nitrogen, just sure. all the particles in the air. It's just colliding with it. Yep. They're not reacting, though. Why aren't they reacting? Not enough energy. Not enough energy. How would I make more energy? Uh, increase the temperature. Increase the temperature. If I heated this room up to 200 degrees, we'd be very dead, but this paper would react with the oxygen in the air. Okay. Okay, does that make oh, sense? yeah, it would go like crinkly and brown. Yeah. So when I teach about this word that I'm going to teach you about in a minute, they have to have sufficient energy. And the least amount of energy they need to do that is called activation energy. Right, yep, I know that. You know that? Mm-hmm. So I think we've spoken about this before, maybe. In biology? So, yes. Mm, yeah. No. 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 So when I teach this, I teach them about my favouritest ever film. Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> It's a really good film, but it's not my favourite. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Oh, 88 miles per hour. Exactly. So I always say to them, so the minimum amount of energy, the activation energy to go back to the future is 88 miles per hour. Now, in energy, we'd be talking about joules. 9.91, 21 gigawatts. Um, We would be talking about joules. We would be talking about joules. But in the context of this, imagine 88 miles per hour is joules. So I say to them, can the DeLorean go back to the future at 76 miles per hour? Cannot. It cannot. Not enough activation energy. Not enough activation Can it go back at 86 miles per hour? It cannot. It cannot. Can it go at 88 miles an hour? It can. Can it go at 88? nine miles an hour mm, yes it can can it go at 100 miles an hour mm, yes it can so what's the minimum amount of energy 88 88 88 is the activation energy what happens when the DeLorean like does it get faster I suppose it would just get faster wouldn't it if it because it hits 88 miles an hour then it goes to the time that the time circuits yeah. are set to but imagine if it was like propelled at 100 miles an hour something like that but it, yeah. 88 is the minimum sure so that's what we call the activation energy um so we can when things are reacting we can plot a graph to show whether it's exo or endothermic reaction and what's happening to the energy over time mm-hmm. okay so this is quite a visual lesson for a podcast medium so i would suggest that students go and have a look, endothermic, exothermic reaction profile diagram. I'm going to describe them to you and I'm going to show you where you get marks. Every single chemistry paper since 2017, paper one, has had, oh, and paper two, either or one of the others, has had a reaction profile diagram on it. There has been one in every year for the past six years. Okay. Okay. So it's really important that you learn how to do them. Right. First of all, axes on a reaction profile diagram. It looks like a graph, but it's a diagram. So are you aware what an X axis and a Y axis is, Mr. Corbett? One goes up, down, one goes left, right. Yep. Good. Which one's which? X goes up. No. X goes sideways. X is across the bottom. Y is up. Right. Up and down. X goes forward as in it's giving. X gone. Give it to you. All right. Good. Uh, yes, lovely. And Y goes up and down. Right, the x-axis is time. So it's like the progress of your reaction. Mm. So you can write progress of reaction. That's what I'm going to write. 
And then the y-axis, the up and down, the up and down, Mm. (laughs) the up and down is the energy in that reaction. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So let's say I have got two products now, uh, sorry, two reactants. What should we react together? Sodium and uh, nitrogen. I don't know what that reaction would be like. No, sodium and calcium. They don't really react together. No, sodium. What stop, salt? Stop, stop, stop saying words. What salt? Okay, let's do um, let's do neutralization. That's a good one. So let's do um, let's do hydrochloric acid HCl plus NaOH. Okay, this is an exothermic reaction. So what I've done on my energy profile diagram is I've drawn a line from my y-axis across my x-axis. So I have like basically a line that says Na. Sorry, not Na, HCl plus NaOH. That's my two reactants. And I'm going to label that line reactants. Okay? Yep. So it's like a step, if you like. Now, it gives out heat energy. So can you tell me where, if I have to draw a line on here that says products. Yeah. Like as a straight line, like I'm underlining it. So as the reaction progresses, the products is going to be on the right of the reactants. If it's given out heat energy, is the line going to be above... Yeah, it's going to be above. Or below. It's going to be above. It's given out energy. So the products, are they going to have more or less energy? Oh, so the the, the y-axis isn't the energy produced. It's the energy that the products has. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's going to be lower then. Yes, good. So in an exothermic reaction prof- profile diagrams, you have the reactants on one line. Mm. And then further along, as time has progressed, the products have less energy because they've given out heat. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to put products here. And what's the products when you have acid plus alkali? Salt. Yeah, which is going to be NaCl in this case plus water. Okay. It's not a very big exothermic reaction, so it's actually only slightly further down. So the overall energy change is the difference between the products and the reactants. Yeah? Yeah. And that is going to be a negative number because it's gone down. Yeah. Okay. Um, I might label that on here as a delta H, but basically it is... That's the overall energy change of the reaction. Now, activation energy is slightly different. Activation energy is the amount of energy required for this reaction to happen. And it's normally a little bit more than the reactants already have in their bonds. Sure. So we need it to be higher. So activation energy will look like this. So it is a curve up, higher than the reactants line, and then all the way down to the products. And so that difference there... I'm going to draw an arrow all the way up to the top of the activation energy graph, and that is going to be my activation energy. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay, so imagine this. I'm assuming you've been taught this, which is why you're listening to this revision podcast, and it's really difficult to do this in an audio medium. So what we have is a graph, two axes, energy upside, time along the bottom, or progress of the reaction. We have got one line in the middle of the graph touching the y-axis that says reactants. We then have a... um, arched loop going higher than that and then all the way down to the products which is lower than reactance line so it's like a step down okay and the line um so the hoop up the line for that curve is an arrow pointing to the top of the curve and that says activation energy and that is the amount of energy required the minimum amount of energy required for the reaction to happen yeah does that make sense yeah perfect so from this can you tell me could you describe to me what the endothermic reaction one is going to look like all right so first we're going to draw an x-axis going down and we're going to draw a y-axis going 
Sorry, other way around. We're going to go to a, a y-axis going down, then X going. Give it to you. Axis, axis going along. Yeah. And then in the middle of the y-axis, yeah, you're going to draw a line with reactants on it. Yeah. Now let's um, just use cesium, for example. No. <laughs> you never let me use cesium. No, let's do photosynthesis because we know that's endothermic. Okay. Um, so let's do. What do we need for that? We need carbon dioxide and we need water for that to happen. Okay. Now this is endothermic, so the re so we're going to be taking in energy. So the energy that the products have is going to be higher than the reactant. So I'm going to draw a line a little bit further along, higher up on the y-axis, not on the axis, but higher up compared to the y-axis. Okay. <clears throat> now um, there is, which is glucose and oxygen, by the way. Of course, of course. All right, activation energy. Now, activation energy for an endothermic reaction has got to be. Does it just is it just a line between the reactants and the products? So the difference in the step, a, the step height of the reactants and the products is still going to be like the energy in the energy, the total energy taken in the reaction. Mm. Okay, so that's the total energy change is going to be that little step up. Okay, so that's going to be the difference between the reactants line and the products line, however much energy that is on the y-axis, that's the difference overall. We still need to put more energy in for reactions to happen. So do you remember when I said for photosynthesis to happen, it's got to be above 7 degrees, otherwise there's not enough energy to be taken in for the reaction to happen? Yeah. So the activation energy is still going to be higher. Higher than the product still. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to draw a line from the reactants. Uh-huh. So same thing as the as the exothermic. Yeah, except it's going to go all the way up higher than the reactants line. Uh-huh. And then dip back down and touch the reactants line. Cool. And the difference between the products line and the height of that loop is going to be your activation energy. Easy money. Okay, now what students have to do with these diagrams is they have to look at them and go endo or exothermic. So if we've got right. a step down, exo. If we've got a step up, endo. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have to um, explain that activation energy is the energy needed for reaction to occur. You need to be able to show and point out and label activation energy on this graph. And you need to be able to label the relative energy change. So that's the step gap between the products and the reactants. Cool. And that's it. All right. So this is quite a visual one. Please make sure that you've got diagrams of those. Maybe on a flashcard, have one on one side, one on the other. There must be, if you Google like exam question examples. Oh, of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. Do that because that's, if you're saying it's going to be in the exam, basically. It 100% will be. It'll be on one of them. One of the, one of the uh, two chemistry papers, it'll be on one of them because this is going to be the first thing we revisit when we get onto paper two. Cool. All right. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.